Welcome to Keeping Business Real, the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordoff, and in four short years, I've built a thriving online business that supports our family. This podcast offers an honest and very real take on the reality of online business, strategies for growing yours, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I've got no time for BS. I'm all heart and all action. Let's keep it real. Hey, everyone. Something a little bit different on the Keeping Business Real podcast this week. You may have already noticed that this is not the voice of Lisa. So I'm Mel. I'm Lisa's business manager. And I have to say that it's a little bit strange to be on this side of the microphone. I'm usually much more behind the scenes. And you may be wondering what I'm doing and where Lisa is. So Lisa and I had actually talked about doing some episodes together over the past month or so, and we just hadn't been able to line it up. Uh, just little things had been happening with the kids and things, and we just hadn't been able to connect and get these recorded. So we're now in school holidays, uh, and you know we had a pretty busy couple of weeks leading up to that. There were a few curveballs, you know, life happens, all that kind of stuff, and. You know, I'm looking at Lisa's to-do list and she's got reduced working hours because of the school holidays and how great is that, that we can, you know, structure our businesses around that. But I'm also wary that she's got this limited amount of work time and, you know, all these things that she needs to get done. And so part of my role is to look at that and make sure that I can strip back what um, what I can to give Lisa the space that she needs and make sure that we're focusing on the right priorities and all that kind of thing. And so on her list was to record a podcast episode. And then I thought, hmm, I wonder if I could just record this episode on my own, uh, give you guys a few tips, get a podcast out for the week and take one thing off Lisa's to-do list. So as I'm recording this, this was just kind of a random inspiration that I had this morning. Uh, Lisa doesn't know that I'm doing this yet. I'm going to pop this through to her shortly and see if she goes for it. If you're listening, then you know that she did. Uh, so what Lisa and I were going to jam about here on the podcast was, uh, you know, a bunch of things around tech and systems and hiring. And there are a few questions that we get asked quite often. And so we thought we'd just have a little bit of a chat around that. And the first one that I get asked a lot and people say to Lisa a lot is how does she do so much? And the answer to that is that she doesn't. I mean, yes, she definitely, um, puts a lot of offers out and she's always doing a lot of things, but she doesn't do all of the pieces behind the scenes. So I'm going to talk to that a little bit, but what I want to say first and foremost is Lisa has always been really intentional about outsourcing right from the very beginning of her business. Uh, and back then her kids were very, very young and she just didn't have the time. Uh, she also doesn't have the tech skills. She's not techie at all, guys. <laughs> uh, so she made the choice to invest in getting people to support her from the start in those areas so that she could build uh, build things quickly and, and keep growing the business and not be the bottleneck in the business. So she has me now as her business manager. And as I say, I'm always looking to streamline things wherever we can and make sure that Lisa is only doing the tasks that only Lisa can do. 
So when I first came on board with Lisa, I was just a generalist VA and my role has expanded and growing into what it is now as the business manager. And this has been a total work in progress. Like things when I started um, were very different to what they were now. We had no systems, we had no structures, we were messaging each other on Facebook Messenger and there were word docs flying back and forward and all of that kind of thing. So uh, I just need to clarify that this hasn't happened overnight. It's been a work in progress over the last three years. But we've now got to the point where Lisa really only does the things that only Lisa can do. So that is things like recording the podcast, although I'm challenging that one today, Uh, guest interviews, content creation for programs and all that front end kind of social stuff, the Facebook lives and all of that kind of thing. But any of the other pieces in the business, she's really not thinking about. So um, this podcast is a great example. So she... All she does with this is record the episode directly into Zoom, whether that's on her own or with a guest, and then she doesn't think about it any further. So we have a process in place so that the team picks it up, we organise the audio editing, we get the show notes written, we upload it to the website, schedule it, and make sure that it gets released. And, you know, she doesn't have to think any more about it. It just all happens for her. Uh, anytime that we send an email out, that's another great example. There's uh, I'll pop a task into our project management tool and we use monday.com and it'll have a link to a Google Doc. Lisa just clicks on that, opens it up, writes the email and then doesn't think any further about it. So we come in, we pick it up, we schedule it, format it, make sure it's going to the right people, all that kind of thing. So you know, that's a really great place to be. And we're always improving that. We're always looking at making sure that the tasks that are happening are the right focus, the right priority, and the right things for Lisa to be spending her time on. And you might be thinking that, you know, that's all right for Lisa. She's got a great team, but you know, how does that help me? (laughs) And where do you start with hiring? So, you know, there's no one black and white answer to that, I don't think, because it really comes down to you and your business. Lisa started out with a general VA, and as I mentioned, that was what I was doing in the beginning. Uh, but you can really start with wherever you're at and, you know, whatever you need. Um, so I'll talk in a moment to, you know, determining what to outsource first. But I also just want to make the point here of how you approach hiring. And I wonder, you know, so many people come to me and they say, oh, it's so hard to find good people. Hiring is really hard to do. I've had a bad experience in the past. And I just want to note that, you know, what you focus on and where your attention is, is what you will attract back. So always approach hiring as you're going to find the right person. And if you don't find the right person, there'll be a lesson in it in the very least. So trust that the right people will show up for you. And you can start to take the action and someone might show up from somewhere that you don't expect it, but you've got to start to take those action steps towards it. And you won't always get it right. Um, I haven't always got it right. Lisa hasn't always got it right. We've had team members that haven't worked out. We've had team members that weren't working out and we probably should have let go of sooner. Um, And it's all lessons, right? And you just keep going from there. But, you know, there was recently 
a Lisa and I were having a conversation and we we're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had someone who was dedicated to doing this? And, you know, we were just having a bit of a general chat and doing some strategy and things. And I kid you not, two days later, I got a message from someone uh, basically saying that she could do the exact thing that we needed. Um, so, yeah, as I say, just always be open to how people may come to you. But to really start taking some concrete action steps towards that is to start looking at, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's really important to start looking at what you're actually spending your time on. What are the tasks that are taking your time? What are the tasks that you aren't good at? Or what are the tasks that are taking you away from revenue generating activities? Like if you can't see um, one or two extra one-to-one clients each week because you're too bogged down in the back-end admin of your business, you know, start there. The ability to see that extra client each week will pay for the um, VA or the support that you could bring in. And, you know, if you're sitting there saying, yeah, but I really can't afford it, then I'd say that your focus probably needs to be, you know, on that revenue-generating stuff. Can you offer just some one-off, one-to-one sessions? Uh, I don't know, price it at 197 or whatever it might be. Uh, and that's going to give you enough money to, to start with a VA for a few hours a month. So always thinking of ways like that, and then you can build on it from there. So as I said, you know, you want to get kind of clear on what you might want that help and support with initially, and you could just pick one or two areas um, and build on it from there. And then in terms of where to find people, uh, there's a few different places. So from your list, you could put together a little bit of a a post about what, you know, what you're wanting them to do and try to be specific as as you can, Um, especially if you want them to have particular experience with um, a, a particular tech or system. That can be really great to clarify. So you know that you're going to get someone, if you need someone with experience, then, you know, put that in the post. And so the few places that you can go, uh, you can go to Upwork and that's a great place to get a variety of contractors. If you're based in Australia, there's a great uh, VA network called virtuallyyours.com.au. It's free to advertise on their website and you'll get Australian-based VAs reaching out to you through that. Facebook groups are a really great one and I've found a lot of people that way. So uh, guarantee that most of you are in a whole host of business Facebook groups. Just go in there and in the search, just pop in VA. And I guarantee you'll get a whole bunch of posts come up where people have been looking for someone. And what I love to do with that is start to look at some of those posts and you'll actually start to see some names repeating and people kind of saying, oh, such and such is great, or I've used such and such and it was really good. Um, And so that can be a really good way to kind of get a feel for someone's work as well. And then you can always ask for referrals from your network as well. I will say there, just be a little bit careful um, what people refer other people to you for. So I've uh, had people referred to me and, you know, the person will say, oh, they were amazing, but they didn't actually do the same work that I might have been looking for. I've had people recommend me for, you know, 
designing websites and things. And that's just not what I do or have any zone of genius in. Um, so just be really careful. Sometimes people have the best intentions of wanting to refer people, uh, but maybe it's not for the exact work that you need done. Uh, so yeah, that, they're the main things, they're the main places to go, you know, and as I say before, just be open to how else they may come to you. It might be someone from your community that reaches out and says, Hey, these are my skills. Just wondering, you know, do you need any help in that area? Uh, you know, people can come to you in a variety of ways, but take those action steps and start making those moves towards it. And then particularly if you're new to hiring, uh, I always, always suggest that you do some test tasking or do a little trial. So just depending on what you're hiring for and all that kind of thing. But for example, if you're just hiring someone to help you format some blog posts and put together some graphics and that kind of thing, that's a really great thing that you could do as a test task. So you might narrow down to maybe two or three applicants that you like the look of and then set them a little test task. You can pay them for that time and, you know, just getting them to set up a blog post, create an image for you. And when I've done this in the past, it's really great because you very quickly see how they work and what the quality of their work is and you can make a hiring decision from there. Uh, If it's someone... Uh, perhaps you're getting a VA in to do some customer service or something like that, you might want to do a little bit more of a uh, an extended trial. So, it, you know, you might say, okay, let's trial this for a month or whatever it is. But really set a deadline, set expectations, whether you're test tasking or trialing, and it just helps you to, you know, it gives you an out. It gives you, it means you don't have to have an awkward conversation in a month's time if it's not working out and you've kind of promised them ongoing continuous work. If you set a deadline on it and, it and it's set as a trial, at least you've got a way to, you know, bring up that conversation and really work with the person or, you know, continue on and find someone else. But it just helps to set that up from the start. And, you know, the clearer you can be with your expectations from the start as well, that's always going going to help. Um, I'll just touch on very briefly in terms of, like, how do you hand over tasks? I get that one a lot. Like, oh, it's just quicker for me to do it than to try and show someone else how I do it. And if you haven't heard of a a tool called Loom, L-O-O-M, you need to Google and get on that straight away. So that's just a screen recording tool. So as you're setting up your blog post or your email or your graphics or whatever it is, just do a little screen record. They can watch that back. They can copy what you've done and they could even type it out for you into a process so that you've got that for future. So in terms of hourly rates and that sort of thing, when you're looking at VAs, uh, you can you know, there's a massive variance. You could look at someone offshore for around $5 an hour and then anywhere up to sort of $30 to $60 an hour for an Australian VA and then kind of up from there if they've got a certain specialisation in a CRM or something like that. But as I say, you can really start anywhere just with a few hours per month 
to start getting that support and you will achieve much more on your own, much more than you would on your own. Okay, so hopefully that's given you a few tips. And I just wanted to mention briefly as well, um, one of the other questions that we get a lot is what tech systems we use and recommend. And again, I'm going to say that I really don't believe in one size fits all. It really depends on where your business is at, where you are at, you know, what your tech ability is and whether you've got any support around tech. Um, You know, when, when Lisa started out, she... I think just used a PayPal link and MailChimp and just sent out a daily email and that was her e-course. And, you know, tech is getting so much more accessible these days. Like you really can put an offer together with free tools. Uh, You can use even Facebook groups these days, have those learning units and things. You can almost structure an entire e-course inside a Facebook group. So, you know, like that's so, so simple. But then... You know, once you've got some traction and things are starting to roll for you, that's when you may want to start looking into more sophisticated systems and starting to connect some pieces together, bring a little bit more automation in and really start to leverage things. And so that's when, you know, the the more sophisticated systems come in. So Lisa uses Entreport and that's worked really, really well for her business and that's kind of an all-in-one system that's got your checkout and your payment system that does all your emails uh it's you know we can run affiliate programs through that we can uh, do the membership through that it's got landing pages all of that kind of thing and you know it just makes it really really easy to pop an offer together but there's all sorts of systems i mean you could look at active campaign and samcart and all those kind of things to bring together all of those pieces. Myself, I think I prefer kind of the all-in-one version would would be my kind of recommendation. But again, start with where you're at. Um, and if, if your business is, is fairly simple, like with Lisa, she has so many different products and offers and things that just having it all in, in one place makes it really easy. If you've got a simpler business and not so many pieces and moving parts, um, you may not need that higher end kind of system. You may be able to put it together with with a couple of um, simpler systems. So yeah, I think that's just what I wanted to cover there was really just, it can be kept really simple and tech should not be the thing holding you back in your business. If it is, I would probably suggest that you're saying it's the tech, but maybe it's not. Uh, because as I mentioned, you can keep it super, super, super simple. And if you're at the point where super simple isn't working anymore, then you should be able to hire and invest in someone to support you in building out those those systems. Uh, as I mentioned, Lisa is no good with tech at all. So if she had tried to do that herself, she wouldn't have grown like she has. She's always outsourced those pieces. All right, so I think that's all I wanted to cover today. Uh, I do hope that this has been useful to you and you haven't minded me taking over. I really appreciate you listening and I promise I'll give the mic back to Lisa next week. And, yeah, maybe I'll come on again. Maybe Lisa and I can line up another time.
All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. Well, that is another episode of the Keeping Business Real podcast done and dusted. But make sure that you don't miss out on knowing when I release the next one. Be sure to become a subscriber over on your podcast app of choice and make sure to leave a review. I would love to know what you're thinking of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to lisacorduff.com. I have an amazing cheat sheet there waiting for you to help you overhaul your marketing mindset. Let's face it, sometimes the selling part of business is the part that feels most icky. I want to help you out and I want to help you grow your business in an authentic way that feels really, really good to you. lisacorduff.com for your free cheat sheet and I'll see you in the next episode.